I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Real Wrestling Alive, I want to welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. Um, I, it, I just really appreciate everyone who, who cares. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and get to our subject this week. So um, it kind of made news where I guess there was an interview with a really famous uh, grappler who does nogi, right, Gordon Ryan. Um, he mentioned something along the lines that he felt like uh, gi grappling or Greek, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right, um, is kind of going extinct or that, like, no gi is the future, right? So uh, let's go ahead and talk about that, right? So the thing – then, like, basically that, of course, causes a lot of controversy. A lot of people have, you know, of course, have their own thoughts and whatnot about um, about that subject, right? And, they, you know, you even hear people talk about – uh, semantics and stuff like that, where it's like, well, Nogi isn't really the name, you know, of that. It would be just grappling or whatever. It's like, well, you know, Nogi has been the name now, right? Because, like, we have J- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So when you think of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you actually want to be thinking about Gi because that's kind of like how it, how it evolved, right? That was like the whole Gracie thing where they wore the Gi. And... Um, that you can consider when someone says Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's with the gi, right? And that's why we had to have, or at least in, in jiu-jitsu competitions, you had to have uh, the actual term that, that evolved or that came out, no gi, right? So, so when someone's like arguing about like, oh, well, re- really that would just be like grappling and whatever, you, you might have like these kind of arguments but it's like well nogi is actually what a lot of people are calling it nowadays so that's that's probably the name that's going to stick right personally i don't care because it can just be like its own thing right nogi right so i don't know that i don't really care (laughs) i don't really care at all about that so but um what i have noticed though is that say like if you look on flow grappling uh, like the the online platform that airs a lot of uh, grappling competitions and stuff, uh, and it seems as though there are more and more nogi competitions, right? Nogi matches, like big time nogi matches that they sell, right? That that people want to watch, right? So it seems like it's less and less gi stuff, uh, at least just for, from my opinion. But I mean, like you know, like even going going on to their Instagram. I mean, they're advertising all these events and like these big matches are no gi the majority of the time nowadays. All right. Personally, I believe that um, like gi, like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, even though I've practiced it and all that, and um, and I have for actually like uh, 
like long, long time. Actually, I got a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So like with the gi, like probably like over 10 years ago or something. Right. So, um, so it's not like I'm not speaking out of experience, but yeah, I, I prefer like no gi, right. All the way. Right. Um, I've also done like the traditional Chinese wrestling or the jacket wrestling. I like to add the jacket in there because there's a lot of different styles of of Chinese wrestling that came out of China from different ethnic groups and stuff that live in different regions. Um, so, and I know what, like uh, people are popularizing the Mongolian wrestling as well that has kind of a, like sleeves. So kind of like a really little bit of a jacket. And then the traditional Chinese jacket wrestling has, uh, again, it's not like a long sleeve. It's, it's a short sleeve kind of vest. So, um, I've done, I've done that. Um, so, I mean, I enjoy doing all that stuff, but like we're doing catch wrestling and all that. So, um, uh, I, I enjoy the no gi stuff or no jacket stuff or no whatever, um, like sleeve type things, uh, more than, uh, putting on some kind of clothing, right? Uh, like when I was in uh, Yunnan province last year, actually now two years ago because of COVID, uh, I did a competition uh, where it was, you know, shirtless, right? I prefer shirtless or just with the the rash guard. Um, I, I don't know, just, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's more uh, interesting to me because I guess maybe it's more honest or um, there's, because like when you have a gi or, or a jacket, then you can hang on to somebody. Right. So then a lot of times the action slows down tremendously. And I think that's kind of what is leading to uh, these snooze fests. Right. So with, with regards to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and that's probably why people um, are watching Nogi more. I don't have the stats for like the audience or whatever, like the, the viewership numbers, but we know when when we were like I said, if you look at the Instagram, if you look at the events on Flow Grappling, a lot of them, you know, or at least more and more that they're advertising are no gi, right? Like a lot of these big matches are no gi now, and what a uh, one championship uh, is having uh, grappling. Well, they have they've had in the past, but they're having more now, and what they've included Gordon Ryan. Um, uh, so now one one championship is including grappling or probably like nogi you know i'm sure that well i i don't think that they'll probably add like gi matches but maybe maybe but but like say like what one championship has stated in the past in press conferences uh, when they've been asked about grappling is that if if something is popular enough then they'll have it in right in their in their events so for those of you who are not as familiar with one championship they um i think they started off as an mma promotion but because they're based in southeast asia they're based in singapore um they like they're surrounded by all these traditional fighting styles and like these some of these styles are huge right they're hugely popular practiced all around the world so then they started including uh say like muay thai matches in their in their event so like that one evening will be a mix of mma matches and then also um muay thai matches they also have kickboxing matches i think they also have even had boxing matches so all on the same night right the same card the same event 
um, which I think is great. And I think it makes, uh, makes the whole thing more interesting to watch. Um, also too, because uh, I personally actually like a lot of striking and I think that's, I think striking has the same kind of honesty as like wrestling or catch wrestling or nogi because, um, you, you're seeing kind of like, it's like easier to understand, right? So when, when we're talking about, uh, gi, like, so you're wearing all these, this clothing, pants and a jacket, uh, we, like I was saying about like when someone can grab onto you and they can really slow down the, the progression. Um, I think that's when people kind of tune out, right? So that's why, uh, I, I'm kind of more leaning towards what Gordon Ryan is saying is that, um uh like it might it might go it might go extinct you know who knows so you go ahead and let me know you guys thoughts so uh ripper catch wrestling already agrees so uh hello martin gonzalez um yeah so uh, let me see until gi is slower nogi takes more athleticism uh, and then let me see. Martin Gonzalez, what is your opinion on belts? Um, well, I think they're ultimately they're not important, but I think they're important to the student, right? Maybe not so important to the instructor, right, or the coach, but um, it seems like people really, really like uh like seeing their progression so the belt system uh, has been one of these like genius ways especially like since brazilian jiu-jitsu be did become so popular and like here in la like uh, and i think i've kind of mentioned it in other live streams like truly a lot of these gi schools are still like really really popular um so i don't think gi is is gonna like like just disappear completely right away um, um and like I used to teach at a school that was like they only had two no gi classes out of the week, and they had like gi almost like every day. Um, so I don't think it's gonna like disappear completely, or at least right away, uh, because you know you still have a lot of people watching it or doing practicing it at least, even though like viewership might be lower, right? So there's that. Um, okay, and so yeah, that so that. But I think because jujitsu became so popular, then that particular belt system, where right, those colors, those five colors, um, uh, make it easier. Because like, if you don't have too many levels, so the, there'd be like, uh, say, other styles where they have like so many different colors of belts, um, then that that almost seems like impossible. Or sometimes like you're buying belts where it's like you you pay the instructor for a test, and you, know, and you don't have you don't even have to uh show like real mastery or whatever or, or if like you can even be thinking like if there are so many belts then um like are you are you really showing mastery in that like how many levels or how long does it really take to become a black belt in that particular style uh, i think like the five levels of brazilian jiu-jitsu are totally fine because it minimizes all these different uh levels right and it seems almost reasonable, like with the white belt, like that's complete beginner. You don't really know anything. So totally fine. And once you develop some sort of mastery, then you go to blue belt and spend some time there. And I think that you can kind of think of like the purple belt as 
um, someone who's like, who has, uh, who understands or has learned a lot of the techniques uh, to a better proficiency level than a blue belt, but doesn't necessarily have like the mat time or the experience as someone even better. So that's when you have the brown belts and the black belts. So the, I think five levels almost seem like more reasonable, uh, a little bit more understandable, right, to the majority of people. So I think that's why that system, uh, like, is kind of what people recognize now. At least in my opinion, you know, like being in the grappling world, um, I think people understand that. But say, like, if if you're coming, say, like me, like I I, I roll at at a tenth plana, and so they don't do like they do the color levels and you can actually be handed a physical belt but they don't do all like the the taping you know like the stripes and all that they they don't care you know but they recognize the color levels like the five levels just like um the other jujitsu schools right so um ultimately i think it's more for the student um than anything but yeah so it seems seems somewhat reasonable because even in wrestling and say kickboxing and you know like uh, type different types of striking, uh, since all these other styles don't have belts or any kind of uh, marker system of proficiency, uh, you just um, you you might not know how good they are. <clears throat> but you know that, that that's just a, a different thing. All right, so uh, the Marshall. Gi won't go extinct. Submissions are definitely more physical without a gi, but self-defense against a bigger, stronger person. Gi is better for women, small men, and use and you, to, uh, to use many types of chokes. Yeah, but say like if you're in LA or other types of climates, I mean, you're warmer climates, you, you, you just don't have people wearing clothes that uh, aren't going to just rip if you're pulling on them um or if people fight say like if people fight on the street say here in la or like uh, southern california a lot of times if people fight on the street they take their shirt off right and chances are they are only going to be wearing a shirt or a hoodie that can rip or something like that um so uh it's not going to be a reinforced jacket um so there's that that's something that we talk about a lot in la because because uh yeah you still would have to like get a real rear naked choke on someone using your actual arms. Cause that, that, that has happened. And, uh, uh, we have like, uh, we don't really have a good subway system here, but they're trying to implement more trains and stuff like that. So there was that incident like a few years ago where someone, uh, was acting really crazy on one of our trains. And so then, um, uh, someone had to physically like, well, they didn't have to, but I mean, they physically choked them out. Right. But yeah, they didn't use the clothes or anything like that because, a lot of them would just rip. Um, all right. So also want to kind of talk to you guys about, so if you guys have any more questions, go ahead and just uh, keep asking. Um, uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about other other subjects. So I want to let you guys know that we're still going to be continuing more like technique stuff, but we also um, are, we have more classes now. Like if you're in LA, uh, we I teach at Fight Science MMA. Uh, you know we're we're doing pretty well with COVID here in Los Angeles. I think we've gone a few days without any people dying from it, right? So 
Um, they've allowed all the gyms to reopen. And so we have classes now. Uh, so check out Fight Science MMA. Uh, if you're still in an area that is under lockdown or you, you don't have access to a legitimate coach, uh, you can always do our online system. So uh, that's called CWA Academy. You can just go to our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com, and then you can see that there. Um, so, you know, if you have any questions about that, that does have progression. Like, so it does have kind of like the, like we were talking about some kind of uh, belt system. Uh, so like we'll have like some fundamentals classes uh, that you have to show proficiency in, and then you get access to more and more uh, uh, techniques and stuff like that. So you, so that's, so like kind of resembles kind of like a, a belt system. All right. So I think, so I think that's why it's like, I, I understand that belt system. So I think by having these levels, I think people can kind of understand like why, why they're there and like, and also why you don't just like give it everyone uh, all the lessons at once, because then they're not going to know it. They're not going to learn it well. You need, that's, that's one thing I've uh, seen from like having taught so many years. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't just bombard someone with, with a ton of information all at once. Uh, they're either going to like tune out, you know, they get bored or, or maybe they'll, they'll do a bunch of techniques just a couple times, you know, a few, few reps in there. And then that's really not, um, that's not a way to gain mastery. You know, you have to be, you know, doing repetitions. So you have to be drilling a lot. Uh, so that will allow you to become proficient. And then how, like we were saying, where it's like, you know, you might, you might have someone who knows a lot of techniques, um, but if they don't have like the mat time using them or, or they don't have the, the time with putting in all the reps, then chances are it might not happen in a, a match when they really need to be using it. Uh, so that's why uh, the progression, right? And so that's why you can kind of uh, like, you can kind of see, at least for the coach, you know, by having some kind of levels, you know, you can uh, know who's ready to do some big time match or, um, uh, you know, like basically like you kind of see the level and kind of know uh, who to match up against whom. And that's kind of how it was back in the early days of catch wrestling. You know, there was no belt system in England, but when coaches would, they would basically challenge each other. And so they say like, my guy can beat your guy. And then they would, they would work it out. And a lot of times there wasn't necessarily regard for weight as well. So it was usually by perceived ability. So if my guy couldn't like, I don't care if your guy's bigger than mine. My, my guy's technique is w way better. So uh, let's go ahead and have a match. So it was, it was more like that. Right. So, so back to the, my original point, Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy, so CW Academy, that's kind of like how it's set up. Like I really need you to know the fundamental stuff and then you can get access to more advanced stuff that you also need to know, right? So those are kind of like the first two uh, levels where it's like you have to know these fundamentals and then more advanced fundamentals on top of that. And then later we can get to like more fancy stuff or whatever that that I personally like to use, but I wouldn't necessarily teach to a beginner, I guess, or at least once you like once you have the fundamentals down, then you can start like freestyling basically. All right. 
So that's why I wanted to talk about that. Let me know if you guys have any other questions. I know there's a few of you guys watching. Maybe you guys got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so that was my main point. Do you think Guy is going extinct? Uh, go ahead and continue commenting. Uh, I personally see, the, at least with regards to like viewership and stuff like that, yeah, it's decreasing in popularity, but you still have mega popular schools, say like even Gracie Academy and uh, Cabrinha here in um, LA that it's like so many uh, gee classes all the time. And they even, that's, that's the thing, that's, that's the funny thing where I started off the conversation where it was about Gordon Ryan talking about gee going extinct. But he comes from a school, it was uh, Henzo Gracie, right? And like here in LA, uh, I believe the Henzo Gracie affiliate, like is kind of like what I mentioned about like the Cabrinha school where it's, uh, where I used to work at. Um, they have mostly gi and, you know, just a couple no gi classes. So yeah, you'll see these differences like, um, and you'll see that even though viewership might be more or it might be easier to understand, so it's easier to watch Nogi um, as opposed to Gi, but you'll still see tons of practitioners doing Gi. Uh, a lot of people consider that like the pure art or whatever, even though that's kind of de debatable. Um, um, so I don't think it's necessarily going to go extinct. I personally don't do it. I've done it tons of times, um, but... But anyway, my my nogi in general, and then uh, rest catch wrestling on top of that. I like uh, amateur wrestling styles, um, but I prefer when we're talking about wrestling for catch wrestling over traditional or not traditional but over amateur styles because because that's the thing. It's like uh, when you talk about tradition uh, and you talk about uh, like amateur wrestling styles. Freestyle and folk style are not very old. Again, also judo right, is not very old. Um, but then, like, I see a lot of people commenting, like, judo terminology in some of the comments on on our videos. They're like, oh, this is whatever, whatever name in judo. Uh, but chances are the technique is probably older than even the existence of judo um, because it's not that old. So I probably just... In, inflamed or <laughs> whatever everybody right but it is true it's not not a very old style um and i believe the evolution of catch wrestling goes back you know hundreds of years um so it wasn't necessarily in the same form you see it today uh but there's mentions of it for hundreds of years um all right so you guys are pretty quiet today all right so let me go ahead and uh, let you guys know some other things we have for you. So uh, coming up, I want to be doing more of series against, like so, so showing catch wrestling against nogi grappling, uh, because that's something that I really enjoy doing. I really, actually, I really enjoy uh, rolling nogi. Um, so uh, I'll show a bunch of. I think that's what we'll, we'll be working on uh, coming up, like uh, on our instructionals. So I try to show, like, um, I try, I try to get a. Uh, a technique video for you guys every week, um, but I've been recently been trying to think about like what might be something interesting to me and to you. Uh, so, also, if you guys have any comments about 
or que- about what you want to be seeing or what you have questions about because chances are you guys are rolling in jujitsu some kind of jujitsu class somewhere uh so let me know what your pain points are and um but that's kind of what i've been wanting to do anyway i'm wanting to show maybe more uh catch wrestling techniques uh against no gi <clears throat> because um it, it, traditional catch wrestling works very well against no gi um so uh let's go ahead and kind of show that to you so if there's any pain points you guys have uh, i know a lot of times uh, when i ask you guys ask about takedowns and yeah if you're good at takedowns that are countering takedowns so a lot of times you can allow them to take you down and then your counter can uh, let you end up in a really good position uh, whether you pass your pass their guard or whatever um, which is usually the case if you're good at takedowns you end up past their guard. Uh, so you might be working on some stuff like that. Uh, also different ways of passing seated guard, right? So yeah, a lot, a lot of it would be guard passing, I think, because some people, and that's the other thing, I don't know, let me know your thoughts. Uh, if someone has a really good guard, it's like, I would consider it like stalling in a way where it's like they're not necessarily uh, – uh, attacking you or they can't necessarily attack you so well um, because they're always trying to keep you away or keep you at a certain distance. They might think that they're going to keep you at a certain distance so that they can set up their triangle choke or or whatever, like their kimura or um, whatever, whatever technique they're thinking. Um, but a lot of times it just ends up being like a way to like stall until you can um uh like set up something so um so we'll probably kind of show some of those techniques about how to uh pass that guard all right got some questions so dc i think the biggest value of the gi is that it teaches you how to grapple against a higher level of friction you need to train no gi as well to become truly proficient but gi is still important. But I think, so he goes on in another comment, uh, but I think the next evolution of BJJ grappling is that there will inevitably be a style of jiu-jitsu that uses sturdier versions of t-shirts and modern pants to achieve the same skill set as gi. Okay, that's interesting. And also uh, kind of on to piggyback on that, so even the traditional Chinese jacket wrestling, um, I know that they're starting, or they've started a, a no gi or no jacket version as well. So I believe it's just like like rash guard and um, you know and shorts or maybe pants because um, they usually use like pants, just like gi pants and that that vest jacket, like a sturdy jacket in their competition. They they'll, they'll still wear a belt, you know, to kind of close the vest a little bit. Uh, and they'll wear wrestling shoes. I believe the shoes might not necessarily be uh, mandatory, but that's kind of the what people often wear uh, because they, they considered that to be a little bit more uh, practical in, say, like for like law enforcement and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> but again, like if you're in uh, L.A. or other warm climates, you, you won't have sturdy clothes to grab onto. You'll have 
like say like what I'm wearing right now, I'm in LA and uh, this is what most people wear all the time. Even like uh, business people were wearing like shorts and a uh, shirt. And uh, a lot of people say we look homeless, <laughs> but this is our style. And so, um, uh, so we don't care. We're just, uh, so if you try to grab onto my shirt, it'll probably rip. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so, but so I think because, um, because of we have like these big markets where people aren't walking around wearing heavy clothing or sturdy clothing, then that's why you'll have like popularity of nogi growing And so then you have these other like traditional Chinese jacket wrestling moving to do nogi versions. Uh, oh, and also too, like we have uh, the, the course that we offered now it's on our website, uh, nogi judo. Right. So we have, uh, uh, one of my students and good friends, right, Juan, who's a black belt in judo. He's also a multiple-time national judo champion in the United States, and he's. Um, we have a course for no gi judo. So he, what he does is, he shows like some of the major, um, like judo throws, and he shows how to do it. Uh, you, you, so we have like the major judo throws, and then he shows several ways. Uh, how, for you to get them in a no gi situation, right? So, well, basically, yeah, with, if, when you're not wearing the jacket, right? So, we show you like no gi versions of that. So, that's part of our uh, course uh, that's available on our website. Um, and you know, we I think we did a few few videos on here, um, but if not, maybe we can also probably do some more, uh, so you guys can kind of give it get an idea of what we're talking about. Right, but yeah, feel free to keep asking your questions. Um, you know, I still got some time here, um, so so go for it. So the the other thing, though, too, with the whole nogi movement, um, is that like we're having major styles transition, or at least offer kind of a nogi version, which I think is totally fine. Um, do you guys think it'll make these these things like a different art? you already have something like Sambo where it's like they're wearing, it, it looks kind of uh, interesting, like the, their outfit, right? They'll, they might be wearing shorts and wrestling shoes and um, a kind of a light gi jacket, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of like the platypus of grappling. Um, no offense, right? <laughs> it's kind of, but just like, that's kind of like how it might look where it's like, it's kind of wrestling on the bottom, Jiu-Jitsu on the top. Um, so, but as as I think, I think as a lot of the uh, Sambo practitioners have shown in MMA, it's like it's still very effective. You know, we had Fedor, right, and then and then we had Khabib, you know, being really dominant in MMA. So it shows that there's uh, there's a lot of value to these different things, these different styles. Um, you know, I think Khabib also kind of claims to be doing freestyle wrestling. Um, but I would, in a way, I'd kind of argue. <laughs> I guess I would argue with him and with that because uh, um, you don't necessarily see a lot of these freestyle wrestlers do as well as the folk style wrestlers uh, in MMA. At least that's my opinion. But I think my opinion is probably right 
in, with regards to a lot of the the wrestlers doing well in MMA, like a lot of them are American. So even though a lot of these Americans have practiced uh, freestyle, it's not our main style. Like it's probably not their main style that they that they did growing up. The main style probably would have been folk style, which is only practiced here in our schools uh, in the United States, in our high schools and our university. And then a lot of times after you graduate, uh, then there's no opportunities for pro folk style. So then uh, like if you want to continue wrestling, then you'll have to transition into doing freestyle, which um, is not like folk style. I think folk style, again, allows you more of an opportunity to uh, like get up from being on the bottom. So which is valuable for an MMA situation. And I think that's why um, that's why a lot of our American wrestlers do well in MMA because uh, folk style, I think, is closer to that that fight, right? Um, yep. So let me see. So let's see. Ravi has a comment here. Uh, Got to dominate MMA, unfortunately. Yeah. So wrestling is dominated MMA. And that's kind of the weird thing. It's like uh, no matter how much wrestling dominates MMA, then uh, you get these fanboys from other styles, and they'll they'll try to they'll try to uh, like negate the success of wrestling. All right. So in a way, then it just becomes like the circular argument where it's like, like, they'll say like in, they say, oh, wrestling, like jujitsu is better than wrestling. And then, um, and then they'll try to say, oh, you got to prove it in MMA while wrestling the champions, uh, I think for a while in UFC, it's like majority of the champions were wrestlers, right? A wrestling background, right? And then, uh, but then they then they try to they call it, they call it moving the goalposts where uh, they'll try to find some little way to still think that their style is better or the best or whatever. So um, yeah, wrestling's dominated, right? And then actually, our last our last uh, live stream was about that where Shevchenko just dominated this uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, right? It was Amanda Nunes. What was it? Not Amanda. It was. The other woman, ah, I'm sorry, the other Brazilian that, um, ah, man, the name is, oh, man, I just can't remember it right now, but uh, I think you guys all saw that fight. Yeah, it was not Nunez, it was, uh, ah, man, I can see the fight, right, but it's just, ah, oh, the name, the name, but you guys know it, you guys know, it. you guys saw it, you can pull it up, but yeah, Shevchenko used, uh, you know, like she, she is, I guess, like a judo black belt, but so she, she used a takedown that was all, is also in wrestling, right, to get her down and pass the guard and just pin her down, right. So and then ultimately got the finish, right, because she did like this mount, basically a pin where her opponent couldn't move and she pounded her out. You know, so you got the TKO. So yeah, wrestling has by far proved itself in MMA, All right? And then again, that again, that's no gi. And also, you can go also think that's like no gi, right? Because in MMA they don't wear a gi. So um, so there's that. Right? Even though even though the, what the first UFCs right they they allowed uh, gi and stuff like, that. and even in in like Pride and stuff, you, you you had these different matches where 
people could wear gi or they would be wearing wrestling shoes and whatnot. Um, but with regards to modern MMA, yeah, you'll see. Uh, and I actually even in one championship, so where they still have like the more Asian rules MMA, where it's like you can, if you're holding someone on down on the ground, you can still uh, knee them. Right? So you can knee to the head of a grounded opponent, right? which shocked people right, a few weeks ago when Demetrius Johnson uh, was knocked out like that. Uh, the one championship because one championship had to uh, put out a statement because that fight was aired on American television. It was like on that TNT channel. Um, so when that happened, uh, they had to be showing like on or like releasing statements on their Instagram and Twitter and stuff, saying like, "Hey guys, that's legal in in Asian MMA," and um, so. So don't freak out because people are freaking out. Like, oh, that's a neat thing, granted, opponent, because they're used to UFC rules, right? So, um, yeah, but anyway, wrestling has shown that you can get someone to that position where you can knee them on the ground or you can pound them out, like in the Shevchenko fight. Um, um, so, yeah, wrestling has done more than proven itself. Uh, it's just people, some people, they don't want to uh, admit it, right? Yeah, so it even started way back in the pride days in Japan where Sakuraba beat all the Gracies that, who were in their primes fighting, um, and it just continues, right? Yeah, Ravi, so boxing and wrestling is the best base. Yeah, if you get a really high-level boxer, yeah, they're, they're tough. It's, it's, um, yeah, and then that, that, that actually, I think it kind of goes to something we were talking about earlier where it's like when you have – so like if you have someone that just learns like the jab, cross, uh, hooks, and uppercuts, um, they're not going to be at this level where they're going to be able to beat so many people. But when you get someone at like a pro boxing level, um, man, they're going to be knocking out a lot of people, like a lot of better skilled uh, MMA people who are maybe more of like a general general practitioner, right? Um you you'll you'll be getting uh, you'll be getting like the, someone with a higher level striking ability just knocking these people out. Uh, so uh, the, and in a way that's that's one of the things that you'll see, um, like in, with regards to some of the striking in like Asia, right? You'll see like in one championship you'll see some pretty high level striking. Uh, Ravi again, so yeah, Ravi Lawler too is a good example. Um, and then yeah, you and you also mentioned uh, Henderson, Dan Henderson. Uh, he's been able to knock people out. Like and and uh, most famously, what Bisbing. So uh, Michael Bisbing actually seemed to be a pretty decent boxer, and Dan Henderson just knocked him out. Like in that iconic, <laughs> I, that was I think UFC 100 or something like that, where uh, he just did that. He knocked him out and then like jumped and like brought down the hammer fist on Bisbing. Uh, yeah, so um, so there's that, right? So <laughs> talking about like proficiency level with striking. But I think Dan Henderson also, you know, he, he'll, he'll probably eat a bunch of punches to deliver his knockout blow. Uh, but yeah, there's some boxers, so say like, like Mayweather or something where uh, chances are just with boxing, with having that elite level boxing, uh, he can probably beat a lot of grapplers or, or even a lot of people who would want to strike with him uh, before they can even get close enough to grab onto him. 
Yeah. All right. So if any of you guys want to support us, like what we're doing, we want to really also have uh, more events coming up this year. So, because LA, we are, uh, we've really decreased the amount of COVID. So they're decreasing the amount of restrictions. Uh, like I said earlier, gyms are open now. So we want to start having more events. We'll probably have them without audiences, you know, because we still they still want to try to re restrict, um, like say big crowds and stuff like that. But we want to have more events, so we'd appreciate your support. Uh, so you can become a member of this channel, even when things like the the least is like two dollars a month, um, or we also have upper tiers where you can uh, get more access to videos. We have a lot that are um, that are for members only. Uh, so actually there's tons on there that so it's a lot of good stuff and um, so consider that we'd appreciate all that because all that stuff just goes right back into doing events and you know videos and stuff like that all right oh hi drew good to see you so drew actually is uh, a member of the cwa academy he's been there for uh, a while now so he's already kind of, uh, earlier i talked about uh, having the different levels of proficiency um, so Drew has passed the fundamentals stage. You can think like he's passed the, the white belt stage where you, you're just learning uh, the fundamentals, how they work, trying to get a good understanding of it. Right. So um, if you guys have any questions about that, you can ask Drew himself. Um, and so, so, you know, feel free to ask away. The other thing, uh, if you guys want to put in the comments, uh, if there's anything in particular or any pain points you guys are having against Nogi, just let me know. Uh, I've been, I think I've been wanting to do a uh, kind of you know, like videos or technique videos, uh, you know, uh, about that, right? So we'll probably be doing some series about that as well. All right. Okay. So thank you for watching. Um, you know, hope to see you again soon and uh, keep real wrestling alive. Thanks.